Hello, 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 and welcome back to Any Color You Like. I'm your host, Krithvi, and today Mahima and I step inside the closet with two incredible guests, Anshuman and Debbie from Agents of Ishq. This is not your regular tokenistic pride podcast because today we skip the theories and the definitions to talk about queer awakenings, crushes, and heartbreaks. Unearth the vibrant queer history in a country that is often touted to be homophobic and also reveal the best gay makeout spot in all of Mumbai. We talk about queer fashion and confusing labels and coming out to grandmothers with so much in between. But most importantly, we talk about how supporting the queer community enriches all of our lives, regardless of who we choose to love. So stick around and enjoy the ride in as many fucking colors as you like. Okay. Uh, hi everyone. So I'm Devis Mehta, and I've been working at Agents of Ish. Uh, I'm a creative associate now, and I've been working here for almost um, four and a half years. Um, so I started out as an intern, and like you know, never really left. <laughs> and uh, I mainly like you know handle the graphic design part of it, but it's a small team, so like you know, everyone sticks their foot into everything. Um, and uh, I. for me like agents of ishq was the kind of place where which i had been looking for all my life um because i was also like a very um tortured lesbian in some ways in college because i was also like you know falling in love with like you know people who were close to me and lots of heartbreak and uh, i was definitely belong to that generation of like people who really went looking on the internet like where are the queer people like and uh, i think of course like when i encountered the agents of ishq website of course like every other self respecting queer out there i went to the uh, search box and typed everything like lesbian gay queer this that and uh, found all of the stories like anything that i could get my hands on and i think like so far uh, even now like my most favorite piece is this lovely essay called in a gay bar you can see forever and it's about it's about a person who discovers very a little later in life that they are queer and their experiences of just being themselves authentically for the first time and the emotionalness of that and wondering like you know why can't i have a queer space like you know back home uh so i think that is what agents of ishq means to me it's a place and even over the years like i think a lot of our life has also been very much enriched by just the sheer number of stories that come in because we know ki like okay even though we are a minority we are like quite a big minority and like so many different types of people so many different types of experiences coming from many different backgrounds and many different like preferences and is also a really valuable education just to know what is happening in people's personal lives and really like the entire spectrum like the entire rainbow spectrum yeah that was so sweet oh my god you know when you finally feel like you have a place to belong that's beautiful yeah, yeah. So hi everyone my name is Anshuman um I know it is a very complicated name but if you have trouble remembering names just remember me as the villain from Jab We Met um that has kind of become my catchphrase at at this point because people call me Hanuman people call me Ayushman everything so the great pickup line <laughs> <laughs> I think in March of this year it's been just over 2 years since I started working at Agents of Fish and I also do mostly graphics and like you know take care of like the illustrations and visuals I remember like when I was also like a tortured queer kid in college because the college that I went to it was like it was like an art college so it was filled with lots of like you know as a thoda thoda sa like pretentious type dude bros who are always talking about Christopher Nolan and things like that I, at least at the time I didn't know there were like you know any queer people around me 
and so like i also like went on the internet like you know searching for like queer things to relate to and i came across like the agents of ishka website and what really really struck me about it was that it was like so open hearted and so sincere and so honest and also i feel like ay like back then and to this day also has this like way of doing things uh, that are like very directly sexual like because sometimes like we're used to like you know talking about sex metaphorically like you always see like two roses doing gulu gulu with each other and like the like the darwaza band ho raha hai the curtains are closing hands are massaging each other it was it was very funny because all of that imagery was there but then it was also contrasted you know with very like very direct very frank very matter of fact discussions about body parts about sexuality about what actually happens in sex and what sex actually looks like and that sort of frankness was also carried through in the way that you know people talked about their own experiences like for example there were a lot of people uh, talking about a, a lot of older queer people also talking about like you know their own personal lives and like you know their journeys of growing up and journeys of you know discovering discovering themselves through the years which as a young queer person was something was like very like sort of comforting perspectives also to have ki like you know oh you can be a queer person beyond 25 and you can have like a very fulfilling life so yeah that that was like what made me fall in love with agents of fish and yeah i've fallen more and more in love with agents of fish as the years have gone by <laughs> yeah yeah uh, the first thing that really stood out for me uh when i saw the aoi page on instagram was the illustration i was like wow this the what you just said there's like a contrast like from hands to like actually having an image of vagina out there so it was like wow like th- that is one of the reason why i clicked that follow button on instagram and i told kriti we have <laughs> to interview them like this is like talking about sex in such a colorful way you know uh so yeah kudos to you both for that um so my second question to you guys is that um did you guys have like a queer awakening did you guys have that when was because india is such a sex negative society even for heterosexual people uh so what was that pehla nasha pehla khuma when you guys were like you know you had your first crush how did it start for you both <laughs> okay well my first queer awakening uh, there were multiple but the two that i remember the most was ek to so firstly I will say ki like everybody says ki India is a very sex negative culture but I don't think that's particularly true uh, I think ki there is a lot of like eroticism and a lot of turkiness that happens especially in like Bollywood and we also have like a lot of like like, like a very nice rich plethora of like erotic novels and erotica uh, and things like that are coming from India only so um I think like the first time I fully realized ki like oh I'm probably not straight is when i saw varun dhawan and siddharth malhotra emerging with like you know slick wet bodies from the pool in ah. student of the year <laughs> that was like a thing like oh hmm something is different uh and that was one and then there was also um i specifically remember uh, as i grew older i fully properly developed a crush on my roommate my very very straight roommate i feel like that's like a very proper matlab yeah queer right of passage almost ki like har young queer ke queer person ke life mein ye particular sadma to hota hi hai yeah 
but i would say that i was that person who was very curious about everything queer so i was that person who used to go around asking my friends like i used to feel like i was like some kind of interviewer going and asking my friends ki how do you feel about jesse j being bisexual do you approve of it like you know did you know that these people are queer did you know for like you know asking <laughs> around and trying to so just sort of get a pulse of how people are thinking <laughs> and of course like you know on the internet also i would go and like i think i even went and watched like the first episode of the l word and i, I and at that time i completely believed like i was straight if you are not actively looking for lesbian content on the internet you're not going to be able to find it it wasn't anywhere around you had to have some agenda to go and find it you know i remember there was this blog called the freezing flames like which is like really old uh, long ago and that was the first time that i realized ki oh you can be like someone who's my age and be queer um and of, of course like the same thing like you know falling in love with like a very close friend happened and i brushed it off mm-hmm. as like a very strong woman crush wednesday kind of a thing for the longest time <laughs> and uh, i think it was maybe in school when i came to know that someone around me identified as a bisexual that I, it suddenly hit me ki like oh okay this is a possibility and uh, i think that's where like representation sort of in any form really matters because if you've grown up only seeing like chick flicks me like you know like you know white romcoms me that a person who is gay is like you know always like the best friend of like you know the main person in the romcom then it takes you a few steps to realize that okay firstly even women can be queer then it takes you a few steps to realize ki okay indian women can also be queer so uh, like you know at every stage it was like oh ye bhi hota hai oh ye bhi hota hai oh ye bhi possible hai yeah it's like a very nice like what De- debbie what you said about like you know this constant journey ke like oh ye bhi ho sakta hai wo bhi ho sakta hai it's like that ting 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 karke like you know ek ke baad ek dhaad dhaad revelations about all the possibilities of queerness like bachpan mein it was like a very sort of um almost lonely feeling ki oh like all of these queer pe all of these queer log are like us based american high school teenagers <laughs> probably at a very uh, young age when i should not have been watching that film i mean whatever uh, i came across the film fire um and which it, it's like a very sort of like iconic older i think it was released in like the 80s or 90s i'm not sure but it's like a sort of like iconic ekdam like desi lesbian love story very very like you know scandalous and it starred like two very beautiful uh, and magnetic like actors also and so like that was also like a very big sort of like light bulb moment for me ki like slowly slowly this idea ki like oh ha you can be desi and you can be queer yeah So let's talk about being queer in India, right? Because I think people struggle with that a lot and that is why uh it's a core theme of this podcast. Um because you have this cultural identity and then you have this religious identity and now you have this sexual identity and it seems like these three things cannot exist together in the same realm. You know, bachpan se sikhaya jata hai ki being gay is like bhagwan ke khilaf hona, it's unnatural, it's against all religions. So how might you see that gap closing between a cultural identity and a sexual identity for a desi queer? I think one thing that we have been doing at Agents of Ishq is ki uh, unearthing a lot of the queer history that does exist in India and uh, because there is a lot of like queerness in the past in the present in many different ways that just uh, that get brushed under the carpet in many ways 
and on one hand like okay of course it makes sense because like you know like for someone from my generation i was approaching everything through the internet and the internet is what dominated by uh, by the west uh, so i think like that does like that is one challenge that comes through because so many of us are trying to find our identity and you do feel that pressure to fit in to uh, a particular kind of like queer identity politics and culture and to know what exactly you are um i think like you know for me uh slowly slowly finding the works of other queer collectives in india has been like very helpful for example maya sharma wrote this book uh, called like you know a loving woman being lesbian in unprivileged india and a lot of the stories are about how people are queer in small towns and uh, small towns and rural areas and how there is there are different ways of people being accepted but also being ostracized and it's it's a much more nuanced like landscape than we usually like you know give it credit for and there are so many different ways of being queer or even being trans without maybe even putting particular labels on it um for example like i i know that in thailand like you know this is just like little gk kind of thing that i know that in in thailand like you have the idea of being like a tom a tomboy and like you know if you have to put like an english label on it like you would not be able to pinpoint like you know is are you a trans man or are you just like a butch lesbian or what is it because like you know the it's an identity of in and of itself like there are words that people use for themselves there are labels that people uh, there, there is language that sometimes people have found for themselves or found ways of describing themselves in that doesn't always fit into the kind of formats which are more popular hmm. or like you know which are like you know more english speaking and american so i think sometimes like a lot of young queer people also have the struggle of like feeling that they need to absolutely fit into the labels uh, but i think one thing to always keep in mind is it's so much about like your cultural context it's not like ekdam like ki ye law hai ki like you know ye follow karna hi hai and then you have to be acting this way to call yourself a lesbian or you to call yourself non binary like it, the labels exist for you to be able to um find yourself and to find other people like yourself but they are not there to hold you in place or to make you more insecure about who you are I think at AOI for example we went around collecting experiences for the square map of Mumbai and we went around trying to see what are like the queer spots in Mumbai like what are the places queer people consider like to be like you know their mm. spots and we ended okay. up like you know going doing it like a geography assignment it turned out to be like this unearthing of like a history of Mumbai yeah it was like a history geography uh, sociology philosophy everything assignment it was <laughs> you know um there's like they be said there's like we're always receiving information about queerness in like a very particular way and wo thoda sa like pressure ho jata hai ki like okay like if my experience doesn't exactly match or like you know what are like you know there there's like so many labels and sometimes it gets thoda sa like intimidating also i guess to like you know have to sit and go through all of these terms and a lot of the times these terms are like very sort of like you know very very sort of like uh, technical and like bhari bhari sounding so there is that like you know a little bit of like intimidation there and so me personally like as a queer person as a desi queer person there was also that thing ki, like you know um ki just because uh, just because my just because i don't have the 
language to talk about it does that mean that my experience is not valid right and so like that's also like something that we at agents of fish like have like you know constantly tried to bring uh, out in conversation ki like you know you don't have to use a particular way or like use particular a particular language to be able to talk about your queerness or like to be able to talk about your experiences like right and so yeah coming to like the queer map of mumbai uh, i think it was i i i wasn't around uh in ay when that was done but i was also like one of the like biggest things that made me a fan of ay uh because it's like a map of the entire city of mumbai and it's and like you know it has it's like a very beautifully illustrated map and it has like all of these like like tiny tiny spots uh throughout the city that were of significance to the queer community so it was very much like a uh, like a crowdsourced sort of thing that was done because we spoke to a lot of like you know older queer people who were active uh, and like older feminists queer activists and academics uh, and people who were very much active uh, in the queer community in the 80s and 90s and what's like really cool and interesting about this queer map is that you have like um spaces of like protest and like you know political spots but in addition to that you also have like you know make out spots and cruising spots and like like you know very very shady bars where gay people <laughs> used to go and party and like all of these like amazing sort of things that were happening so it was like a very nice like you know all inclusive almost like sort of very nice spectrum a lot of like you know varied queer experiences that you know like very joyfully and nicely came out in the map and it's all it also gave this you know gave us an idea ki like you know the polit- like spaces of being political and spaces of being like li- and like spaces where to go and have fun and just to chill with other queer people queer people these don't necessarily have to be separate um i think two of my favorite spots on the map are like one is in like flora fountain ke around um there used to be a lot of people who were selling books by the kilo and i think that still happens around flora fountain in mumbai and apparently back in the day uh, a lot of these like books by the kilo ke vendors used to like covertly sell gay bombay and bombay dost uh, and you know like gay porno and erotica ke magazines aise brown paper mein wrap karke like secretly to uh, queer people and so things like that things that like very very sort of like particular instances of queer history in the city very nicely came out in it and i think the more we you know show that map to que- to queer people many queer people have also added to it like recently someone told us about a about i'm not sure exactly what it was called but about a temple in bandra where people go and wo temple ke piche where people like you know leave their chappals and all gay people go and hook up and make out with each other so it's like a very nice sort of beautifully blossoming thing uh, that happens so yeah it's a beautiful like resource that ay has created in that sense so yeah i think same sex love in india that book was yeah it's been around for so long and it it was one of the first few like you know instances of trying to record like you know where was queerness in our history and i think we we often think think of the queer movement in terms of you only think like stonewall and pride um yeah. but there is there's so much of activism and there was so much of like you know people finding each other for the first time uh, a lot of these things are very particular very granular experiences that only come out in oral history and only come out in anecdotes and people talking about what they used to do for fun and things like that so including these sort of thing things is also like somewhat of like a philosophical exercise in querying the concept of history itself ki history is not just about politics you know it's also about this it's also about that temple in bandra where people go and make out it's also about it's history is equally about uh, the that you know um public toilet in dadar station where game and cruise and things like that 
I think this would be if my kid like comes out to me, this is a gift I want to gift it, give it to him or her. Uh, that you know, this is a history; it already exists so much. And because I had no clue, this is very new information, and I'm having chills when you guys are talking about this. So I don't know. I'm just pitching a business idea. If you guys want to do like a history and like a book where we can all really beautifully see how it's been. very much invisible but visible in india's context that's a history textbook i would love to read <laughs> which bjp will ban regardless but we'll have to sell it in the black market or something which is why maybe the people in flora fountain can sell it like they used to sell secretly back really? in the day <laughs> <laughs> repeating history the right way right nice <laughs> Okay um so my next question is actually um so one of my girlfriend few days back she was like oh mahima i am uh, she's a lesbian and she was like oh i am like in my uh, gay dressing era and it got me thinking that how fashion is um fashion goes in hand with queer community in general or lgbt community in general to express themselves is it what do you guys think about is it like a tool to express or like does it make you belong more to the community what are your thoughts on that yeah i think okay this is just going to be like a very like matlab personal this thing like mm-hmm. personal answer um i think fashion is just like a lot of fun honestly <laughs> like and i feel like as queer people we have such a dearth of queer joy around us and fashion is something that allows us to feel that queer joy also which is why a lot of queer people are drawn to it is my own like personal theory ki like you know when you see um like an awesome drag performer dress up fully top to bottom in glitter and sparkles and just like the most extravagant clashing colors you feel that sort of like thrill no ki like are wah ye to matlab pura balls to the wall like 11 turned up dialed up to an 11 queerness hai mujhe bhi aisa karna hai and so there's that there's that sense of like you know i want to have fun and i feel like fashion allows you to do that like it allows you to express yourself in like a very joyful and celebratory way and that sort of expression is also like a way to sort of um you know bring your community together i guess i don't know that's making a lot of sense because mm-hmm, like yeah. you know when you yeah because like it's when you like you know become an example and embody that sense of fun and joyfulness it also you're also showing other you're also like leading by example and like you know showing other people ki are you can also do it and so it becomes like the sort of like almost community building exercise like a lot of queer people that that i've met at like you know uh, parties that have been organized uh, by gc and like you know uh, other queer spaces also it's always that sort of inherent love for fashion that is there uh and i'm not saying that everybody has it but i'm thinking like you know everybody has like a very particular approach and like a very particular way of like dressing themselves um and i think that just like it's like a community building thing almost okay? like you know all of us want to be joyfully extravagant and yeah joyfully extravagant is like my motto for 2023 now <laughs> like what a great <laughs> like what great words to live oh, by yeah. like wow i love that <laughs> yeah and i think uh, even in terms of like um dressing and like you know all of the inside jokes and yeah. all of like the sort of typology of oh, queer aesthetics yeah. that we sometimes uh, do just being able to also relate like sometimes you see like an older queer person like you know dressed like super butch and you're just like how do i want to be like that yeah. person i remember when i saw like one activist sonal's uh, face in the newspaper um when i was very young and i had no idea about things like i remember my first feeling was like when i saw her face was in the newspaper like in a tiny thumbnail like i want to 
look like her and then i was like i want to be like her <laughs> and uh, of course like you know dressing is also something that a lot of people also don't have the space to hmm. express themselves as freely out in public uh, because you know there's always a fear of like you know some kind of reaction uh, you might not be able to do it in front of your family sometimes your uniform might not allow for yeah. it then like you know queer community spaces do become that place where you can express yourself hmm. and of course like that is not to say ki like if you are like highly unfashionable that you can't be like you know a uh, queer because like you know mai to hu like you know i come wearing mismatched pants which anshuman points out all the time like to office <laughs> and I, i thought that if i wear a neutral color on the bottom that counts as matching but turns out not <laughs> Yeah. and uh, so yeah like i think as long as we also keep in mind that of course like with fashion there are also like lot of connotations of class and caste yeah. and if we keep all of that in mind and know that okay style is also something that not is not always like does not need to be like expensive or yeah. it's it's that fine balance like you know like yeah. even in the queer community everything is like you know made up of lot of like dualities and so like you know the fashion is important sometimes it can also make people feel like they don't entirely belong but mm. it can be something so important to make you feel like you belong yeah uh, i think ki especially for like younger queer people who are maybe not from very uh, you know very english speaking sort of like you know tier one urban backgrounds like mumbai bangalore pune etc etc it would be very interesting also to like see representations of queer people who are from smaller towns and who maybe you know challenge your you know typical idea of what a queer person looks like also another thing that recently happened is like like debbie and i were just like talking casually uh, and it was like we were just like talking about like all of like the different cliques and groups that often happened in queer circles like especially in gay circles you will have like you know the twinks and like the bears and it, 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 like when it comes to lesbians you'll have like the lipstick lesbians and butch lesbians and this and that and what not and all yeah. of these like you know they're all sort of like aesthetic distinctions and we were talking about how these are all like ekdam like western terms and so like we just sat and we said ki like you know are there matlab ye it was just like a fun like fun sort of exercise ki like okay ye western terms ke liye like are there any desi ways in which we can categorize queers and so we came up with like these very specific categories of like you know like jnu looking jhola kurta wearing queers <laughs> is it and bad that i can imagine that right now <laughs> like <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's that's what and so and like that and also like you know the the slightly goan like sort of floral t-shirt like beach uncle goa vibe valley queers and things like that yeah i think that's so cool because you know like in america in a very very pure white american context you see those cliques like those are the jocks and those are the cheerleaders and everything and like doing these small little activities like you said i think it's such a interesting way to build community in like small little ways and like contribute to that community like i'm sure all the listeners right now who do identify uh, you know somewhere on the queer spectrum can probably like oh i'll fit in here or i'll fit in there and you know you have this like endless world of possibilities and like you know we were trying to drive the point of there's no right way to do it i think that's very important because yeah. a lot of times we hear like someone asks me like you know if 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 people dress a certain way i feel pressurized to be like that to be able to fit into mm-hmm, that group right mm-hmm. like oh now i have to dress this way otherwise i'm not a true lesbian or i'm not really gay if mm-hmm. i'm not conforming to these type of rules that the community has created but i think the point is that no one is creating those rules and you can create like that 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 sort of space for yourself which i think um is pretty great yeah we ha- we have like a really we have like a really nice uh, interview with uh, shruti chakrabarty uh 
and like you know she talks about like you know being butch and like you know being in a butch femme relationship and how we often like attribute think of butch as just being like man like but like you know there are so many like nuances in how a person personally relates to some of these labels because she's like you know i identify as an old fashioned butch because like you know uh, in how she relates to like you know her femme partner and like you know wanting to like you know do everything for her and like you know to be dressed a certain way and yeah. to be chivalrous and like you know like like, ch- like charm flirt with her partner and charm her partner in a certain way yeah so like yeah. people have like different ways of also approaching uh, the label and i think like you know even something like you know butch is something that is always very much un- not like we just associate it directly with oh like you have the privileges of being a man but it's different it's uh, yeah. it's a different experience and like you would want that experience to also be out there because there are also like you know when you are gender non conforming in any way there are always like you know repercussions or like you know people not understanding you or having to walk into bathrooms with your female friend key like so that people don't like you know like kick you out of the toilet or something mm. like that so i think uh, it's also like nice to know the personal stories behind the labels and yeah. like how people relate to like you know the different dynamics and the different like typologies of queer aesthetics in some ways yeah mm. yeah <laughs> that's pretty interesting wow that was th- i had so many other questions but you guys are so amazing like you know you you keep bringing all of those themes in your regular mm-hmm. question like regular answers i feel like everything is so interconnected to each other that uh, I don't know, I'm so excited for this episode. <laughs> Sorry, I digress. <laughs> There's a lot of fear around exploring your first sexual experience when you realize like okay, I'm gay. Now I don't know what to do, right? So there's two questions when um, around this one is how do you ask someone out? Like let's say I find this girl super pretty, I'm gay, but I don't know if she is gay or not. So what is how do you approach someone that you see in a bar that is really pretty? Is there a right way to do it? Is there a wrong way to do it? Well, if you have the answer to that, let me know. That is something I struggle with <laughs> to this day. Um, um, I, I mean, the most uh, that I guess the tips that I may have received from other people because even I'm I was clearly very clueless at it. Ha- still am, and um, I, we we actually have like a, a sort of like dating tips for queer women. so that has a lot of good tips like you know so if anyone wants to go there you can see that uh, from what i've like uh, advice other people gave me was like just try to like bring queerness into the conversation somehow and see how they respond to it and like you know do they know sir like you know have they watched the l word or something like that or like or what what are their like you know hot takes on like you know what's happening around that square and uh, but i think it's also important to remember ki i think even on aoi we have like a sort of like flirting ka guide and like you know sexting like sexting primer and things like that where i think one of the things that like one of the very important things that we have talked about is ki like you know there is no like one way in which people flirt and every single person flirts in their own style and in their own language and like they have like a, they have their own rhythm to it so i think it's important to remember that i think it's important to just like you know um uh not be not feel again not feel the pressure to flirt with people in like a very particular scripted way or in like a very prescriptive way and it's important to sort of like also remember to just like yeah take the pressure off and like have fun with it i guess yeah yeah and like i think this is one thing that we always say 
in pleasure uh, politics we don't approach consent as just how do you say no it's also about how do you say yes and what do you want to say yes to uh, if we want to talk about consent like you know we usually only think about okay the all of the different rules of how not to do something but how to do something is also like a big question in people's minds and what it is like you know in order to talk about what good flirting is you also need to think about how you want to be flirted with and how you want that space of exploring sex for the first time and all of that of things like knowing how to react when re- like you know how to like gracefully retreat when rejected or how to reject someone politely in a way that does not put them down or make them feel uncomfortable so there is so much of that also which is a part of um queer dating as well very cute guys very cute nice cute <laughs> tips uh, my next question would be uh, so there's a quote that i re- read recently and it says um and ache for my both lives to be mm-hmm. my only life so this basically means like how if how do i start coming think about coming out especially in a country like india how does that journey start like what do you guys would advise people who are want to come out and they are in between that you know identity uh, crisis i think like what most people usually say like i think what older people around me have always said is ki like you know you also firstly determine the safety of your space um like do you feel that you will be like safe enough to like you know what is the backlash going to be and is it like a safe space to come out to or to people to talk to and uh, i think like uh, i think sonal jani had done like a really nice like a few youtube videos on how to come out to like you know uh, how to come out uh, in india and i think that was like a really nice resource that is there uh, out there and uh, i think generally also like we usually think that coming out is like like everyone has to come out at some point but people like come out in different ways you might be out in your workplace but you might only want to show a certain side of yourself or only reveal a certain part of your personal life to your parents so it it it's also very dependent on you ki how much of me do you want to tell other people as well like for example in my own family like you know there were certain things which were understood without me having to actively come out like i was able to like you know bring my girlfriend over and people knew that like you know this was someone that i was dating and that acceptance was there and like you know like let's say like maybe my mom went and whispered in someone else's ear so that they would know or be prepped beforehand so i think that way like indians also had like very creative in how they create those spaces of acceptance uh, so i think that's also one thing to keep in mind that everything doesn't always need to be how we see it in the movies you judge for your space you judge for yourself what the space is what would be the most comfortable way of telling someone what would be the most comfortable way of keeping yourself like you know safe and uh, who do you want who who do you want to involve in your personal life who do you like where do you want privacy where do you not want privacy so i think coming out is definitely not like a one time thing it happens differently with different people so to really like uh, center yourself in all of those questions and uh, to 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 then like take the steps is uh, what i would say is like something to keep in mind yeah 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 i agree with what debasta has said uh, especially the part of you like you know like different people have different ways of coming out i noticed this in my family as well because i used to be particularly close with my grandmother and there was like a certain understanding even though i did not like explicitly like sit and tell her ki hey ajji i am queer or like you know hey like even though i did not have that in like you know very typical coming out moment or coming out conversation 
there was this sort of like implicit like understanding ki ha like my grandchild is a little bit hatke that you know had sort of like developed over the years and i feel like especially especially when coming out there's like this narrative you know oh um it's always going to be difficult and like it always has to be a very explicit conversation where you sit and ek dhaad mein cover all the post and like you know ek dhaad mein cover everything that you want to talk about and it's not it's not practical and it's not entirely possible to do that also i think it's also um coming out is as much about uh, the other person or like the people you are coming out to as it is about yourself uh, for example with my grandmother and even with my parents it's definitely been a journey like you know you have to sort of um allow that little space of confusion to exist like you have to allow that little uncertainty uncertainty to also exist uh, like you have to give people the time to be able to like you know articulate their vulnerable their insecurities and their doubts and their confusions to you and i feel like the more you sort of you know approach it from that very comfortable space ki you know like a very conversational space the more uh, like the more the, like the easier it is to do that and it's like it's, you know it's important to remember to like give people the kind of time that they also need to adjust to the idea ki like you know my child or like my sister or my mother or my grandmother etc etc might be queer and yeah yeah and i think it's important to remember that like i think especially in like you know non western spaces ki people might have like their own desires as to like what they want to tell people or not someone may not, not want to come out as such but maybe they just want to be able to live with their partner and they find like their own like you know jugaad to be able to do that maybe someone else want is comfortable like you know coming out to their friends and their family but doesn't really wanted to be said in their workplace while some people might really want to be able to express themselves in their workplace and be able to say that that they are queer so i think it's important to keep people's desires in mind and remember that it can like very much vary that it coming out doesn't need to look the same and it may not even have for some people for some people they might be okay with like or like you know they might not have an option at all uh, to reveal a certain side of themselves to their families but they are still living they are still they will still find a way to like you know uh, manage their lives and have the support systems to like you know have it be like a, a life of their own yeah. even queer people don't feel that pressure ki oh i have to tell people have to come out or like you know am i like a bad queer person for not being fully out there but but there's no such thing as being a bad queer person not like you know so you know i believe i'm straight and i spend a lot of time with uh, uh cisgender straight people and whether they be educated or elite or quote unquote classy they still fail to create any sort of safe spaces for queer people around them uh so much so that even their best friends or closest people uh may find it so heartbreakingly uncomfortable to admit to them that yes we are queer you know we still make those slightly homophobic jokes and harp in on uh, gay stereotypes and my my question is that you know how can we do a privilege check and not just be tokenistic allies anymore like how do we go beyond the instagram pronouns and pride parade facades to actually show up and be accepting of the people and the queer people around us i think in terms of queerness we usually see like the lgbt community as like the other and oh we are learning about them and how to support them but i think a lot of queerness applies to everyone's lives like whenever we go to like a workshop uh, we usually ask people ki like you know if all of these like 
norms around what is a boy like what is a girl like if these things were not there in your life how, how what, what's one thing that you would have done that was different and it really brings like you know we ask that question so that we are reminded of the fact that a lot of these restrictions like this what we call heteronormativity this idea that ki anyone who if you're born a woman if you're born female then you're going to be a woman and then you're going to like men and then you're going to get married and have kids and like you know you will have the kabhi khushi kabhi gham ending and that is the happiest ever after anyone can ever have that that idea that that is the ideal life there's so many people who are not just queer but who are single and who don't want to get married who are trans and who don't want to stick to any particular binary of like you know gender there are so many there's so many people like you know there's so many ways where even like you know maybe like a cisgender person gets like you know affected by these norms like whose lives get limited by these like you know rules and regulations and its expectations of like a good life um so i think it's important to remember that when we talk about queerness it's about enriching everyone it's uh like it's of course it is very specifically about supporting like those people who are getting affected by being like you know not being able to fit into that like you know straight edge like mold but yeah it makes so many people unhappy in their relationships in in their personal lives because like we all wanted to be like more than what is expected of us to be right it's about everyone's lives it's about maybe your father being able to wear like you know wear brightly colored like floral shirt and maybe it's about like you know your mom being able to talk about her crushes and for like you know your straight sister to be able to say no to getting married and to not be treated as lesser for that It's a matter of seeing what we consider as normal. How is that affecting uh, everyone around us and queer people in particular? Like, as with everything else that we've also talked about here, I think it's again re- important to remember different people require support in different ways. It's just like important to ask the people, like queer people around you, what are the ways in which you would want to be supported. Sometimes it can be very simple. Ki like, oh, when I'm around. when i'm in my workplace don't use like you know don't refer to me by this name or don't refer to me by this set of pronouns but when i'm around my friends please refer to me using this name or this set of pronouns or whatever and so these are like very sort of like specific things that are going to be that are like go, you know going to vary from person to person if you know if you, if you're having a conversation of how to sort of like create um safe friendships I think it's important to remember to just like simply ask you like you know what is like what are the ways in you would in which you would want to see me supporting you a lot of the times we default to theory which is also important and we just try to learn the terminology and we are very hung up on like you know like the more padhai part of it but a lot of it is also about understanding people's experiences kyunki experience se hi sab kuch pata chalega you really understand how something affects someone when you hear people's stories about uh, their lives and i think uh, really like uh, putting in that effort to unearth queer history to listen to what people are within the community are saying to follow people who put out their lives uh, you know for other people to see also to read people's stories and to really like you know prioritize their voices and their experiences um i think that's the best way ki kyunki like like kisi ko jaan ke hi pata chalega ki kya hota hai yeah No, I totally agree because the things that I've read on Agents of Ishq are so naked and raw and authentic that it can make your own 
uh, experience feels so validated. Like <laughs> too much information here, but when I was younger, I was a serial cheater. Like I used to cheat on all of my boyfriends, and then I would be depressed because I still loved them, and they wanted to break up with me, and it was just this weird cycle that I could never understand. You know why and what is something that is like what is that thing that is wrong in me that I continue to do this. And just a few days ago, I read this post on polygamy on the Agents of Ish Instagram, where this girl talks about her own experience of, uh, you know, separating love and sex, and how uh, she loved one person, but she wanted to sleep with multiple people. And you know, even though my experience did not relate hundred percent to hers, for the first time, you know, someone told fifteen-year-old Krithvi that it's okay. I did this too. You're not crazy, and something's not wrong with you, you know. And that was so important for me to hear in that moment. So, you know, as a communication student, I absolutely understand the sheer impact uh, stories can have on people because, like you said, it is just reading other people's stories and experiences that can change people and move people. No amount of history textbooks or LGBTQ definitions is is ever going to do that. You know, people's like you know. deepest uh, deepest desires and deepest secrets they are always welcome to receive and uh, we, we love people's stories uh, i think everything that we sense or we know about queerness is from the kind of stories that we receive i send it to my mom yeah like i send it those stories to my mom about like vagina and everything and she reads it and that's a big step like you know from instead of me translating everything to her because she's right now in her like you know i want to know woke era at the age of 55 so i send all those stories to my mom and she is also one of your like biggest fans so just fyi yeah this is amazing <laughs> that's so great to hear that is so great to hear yeah Like recently, I've been like hearing a lot about like a lot of people's moms reading AI, and we're just like, yes, that's our target demographic. Yeah, we want more moms. There. We want their stories too. Yeah. I'm really, really thankful that you guys decided to do this with us, and this is I'm very, very excited about the episode. And more than anything, I think me and Krithi started this podcast to learn within ourselves to grow, and this is one of those you know milestone for us to be doing it with you guys. And you know, I'm just like. absorbing a lot of new things that i learned this morning and closing it off with just just a beautiful conclusion that you guys just said all the things you guys talked about thank you so much thank you so much. so much for the amazing work you do i love stalking your page i love the fact that the stories are also in hindi i think that's such a great way to bridge that gap you know like hum nahi angrez yaar hindi mein padhne mein alag maza aata hai like erotica in hindi is just yeah So to all of our listeners here please 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 hit that follow button hard on the agents of ishq instagram because they give sex a good name go to their website to explore flirting sexting and masturbation guides read erotic poetry and all kinds of personal stories and even consider submitting your own they can be fully anonymous and you may not realize just how many people can feel seen by reading your personal experiences Thank you for sticking around and we'll see you next time.